Good afternoon. We're here at WEBS and Living the Blues. This is Living the Blues, LTB, produced by Thunder Roar. And this is culture, music, art, and information. And this afternoon, we're here with Officer Abdul Aleem, and he's a member of the Cleveland Police Force, one of Cleveland's finest. He's also a member of uh, the Black Shield. And so I want uh, uh, Officer Aleem to come on and tell us a little bit about himself. First of all, uh, you know, Officer Aleem, what I want to ask you is, what made you, how long have you been an officer? Um, my correct title is Detective Fareed Abdul Aleem. Okay. I've been with the Cleveland, the, the Cleveland Division of Police for 28 years now. Uh, I worked for CMHA for a couple of years, so I've actually had 30 years of experience as far as law enforcement is concerned. Mm -hmm. I worked in corrections. Uh, what made me become, want to become a police officer is, for real, I didn't, I, that wasn't on my rector scale. I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. Um, came to Cleveland in 1984 to stay. Been up here every summer, basically as a kid. But the, the law enforcement was not one of my major interests. Uh, I got in the field just about the, at the start of this crack cocaine epidemic around that time, eighty four, eighty five. Um, used to play ball up at Luke Easter Park, and there was five guys. They had uh, took a young lady, and they had laced uh, her marijuana joint with. They cracked cocaine. They took over by the tennis court, and all five of them proceeded to, you know, take advantage of the young lady. At which time I asked the guys when they came back over by the court and they were bragging about something, well, what y'all do that to her for? You know, she wasn't that, you know. And one of the guys proceeded to tell me, I shut up, punk. And I'm like, okay, dude, I got your punk. So getting corrections from when I was in college. We scrimmaged the federal prison basketball team, and I talked with the guys when I was there as to why are you guys, and, you know, because there was a lot of guys that had talent, and, you know, guys 6 8 six, now what the heck y'all doing in prison, you know? And some of the guys gave me their stories as to how they got there, and, you know, it stuck with me. So after that moment, I felt that I couldn't be a vigilante. It would be better that I, you know, turn and focus myself towards uh, the correct way of doing things and becoming a law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. So, how, so you uh, now when I first met you, you told me you you wanted to be a police. You always told me that, you know. So I was I was like, yeah, well that's good, man. I, yeah, I, I but, like it. <laughs> but I, that was in 1986. Though. It was 86. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you was on your way then. I was huh? on my way. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Cool. I was on my way. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so when you tell me a little bit now about you know. How you how do you see uh, the role? When you say you're detective, yes, sir. Aline, uh, detective Aline. Okay, so how do you see the role of the? Uh, well, oh, let me say this. Let me read. What is the role of the Black Shield? What is the Black Shield? Because I know a lot of people probably don't know what the Black Shields are. Okay, the Black Shields was established in 1946. Mm -hmm. The month and the day unaware. But, you know, it takes you back to that time when blacks engaged in law enforcement in small numbers. 
they needed an organization, a one for camaraderie and support. Mm -hmm. And as we move forward to the mid seventies and the the early eighties, there was a president by the name of Fred Johnson who went out and, you know, fought the city for hiring more minority black officers, male and female. We had a brother that used to go to this mosque with us by the name of Umar Abdullah, his mother, uh, Jean Clayton, was one of the forefront for the females in the Black Shield in in that effort to make a hiring of more black females and, and minorities and, and onto the police department, which at that time was, we would say, like 90, 92%, you know, white. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and what year was this? Uh, Miss Clayton and, and, and Fred Johnson started as early as the early 70s, 71, 72. Okay. And okay. they, you know, Fred Johnson took the department to federal court and a federal judge uh, decreed that, you know, that the city should hire 33 percent black officers on the department. And so I would say 79, 80 in the early 80s, you've seen a mass hiring of black officers through that uh, federal decree, mm. uh, you know, and it was a venue to recruit black officers, recruit black young men out of the neighborhoods, you know, to become and engage in law enforcement. And we still, as a as an association, are still doing the same thing. We're going to the community, trying to get, you know, the youth to look at, you know, this is an honorable f- profession. Mm-hmm. And who better can police, who better can protect their community is those who grew up in the community, mm-hmm. who understand the plight of the community, who don't come with a one-sided agenda. And not to say all guys can with a one-sided agenda, but what we do is we reach out and, you know, we're, we're making efforts. We have some guys that are going to barber shops and beauty shops uh, explaining the role of black officers in the community, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and how this would, you know, help understand some of the shortcomings. The, of course, there are those in the community that deserve to be where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we're not saying. Yeah, well, everybody's not law abiding. <laughs> yeah, we, we, not so we, we, we agree on that, but we also want to be the example in the community. Mm-hmm. And we want to show the community and the youth coming up that, you know, you can do this, too. You can protect your community because our community has issues that, you know, if you understood them, you could correct them through that channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you say so you go out into the into various venues and talk to people. Yes. Explaining, you know, how you can recruit. What are, what are some of the... Uh, what what age group are you reaching out when you say? You well, we we're trying to reach out twenty one. You know the the standard rule of thumb is you have to be twenty one mm-hmm. years of age. You have to have your GED or high school diploma. Mm-hmm. So you don't college, have to have a college degree. No, you don't have to have a college degree with our department. But you know, if you go to suburbs, some suburbs require at least a two year degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach out to these um, these you know the youth. And it ages between 21 and 36 is the cap. When I came on, there was no age cap mm-hmm. for you coming on to the department. Now I think it's 36 years of age, if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, give or take or less, you know. Mm-hmm. How is it for upward mobility as far as when, once you get into the department? Once you get into the department, uh, you know, you, you know, 
uh, there's upward mobility. You can get into like your vice units or you can get into your uh, nice unit, your narcotic unit, uh, homicide. Take some time. You can get into that unit, domestic violence units. You know, those units are always looking for energetic uh, officers, uh, you know, uh, child sex crime, child abuse units. Uh, you know, we have, you know, those units, but the backbone of the department is your base of patrol. Mm-hmm. That's your backbone because without them, those other units can't survive. If these cats don't make the reports, if you don't make the report or make the arrest that mm-hmm. creates that follow-up, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, they want to come in. They want to get out of the zone car by two or three years. I say, you know, I I, I, language, I I was in the zone car for 10 years before I moved up to the strike force. Mm-hmm. When to what I, force? Strike force. That's what was one of the units that was cut during the Jane Campbell administration when she had the big layoff. Mm-hmm. That unit and several units were cut, the gang impact unit. All of those units was cut because of a budget uh, issue that had arisen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now they have brought these units back, but they're not under the same name, but mm-hmm. they're under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we are at uh, <clears throat> WEBS, uh, produced to you by Thunder Roar, and this is Living the Blues, LTB. Uh, Detective um, Aline, you know, is that it? Is that it? Detective yeah. Aline? Yeah, okay. I'll get that right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we are here with uh, Detective Eileen, and uh, we were talking about uh, the Black Shield, and uh, we were also talking about uh, recruiting youth. What do you think, how do you think young folk who are interested, what do you think they need to start in trying to find out about uh, becoming uh, an officer in the community and what it's going to take for them to do that? You know, when, you you know, or maybe they want, maybe there's an organization that wants you to come out and talk to the young folk. You know, how do they get in touch with you or somebody in the Black Shields to come out and talk to young black folk or young folk or folks, you know, older folk who are interested in, you know, what Black Shield is and the importance of having a safe, sound and secure community and the importance of black officers be in there to help in that struggle okay with the black shields now we have what is blackshield.org they can go to that uh that that and as well we have officers in the community policing uh, you know and you know the black shields is wasn't we're now engaging in trying to find the youth so we can prepare them for the tests uh, the the, the uh, physical agility test as well as the written. You know, we we we're constantly uh, talking about measures and trying to recruit more black youth uh, that are interested in 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 being law in law enforcement. So, like I said once again, blackshield.org is a good move. We have a young uh, president and Vincent Montague, and we have a first vice president and Mr. Jackson. His name, first name is Mr. His last name is Jackson. And we have a second vice president, and his name is Luther Roddy. We have uh, several different positions that are always open to engage the youth and direct them in how, you know, 
what they need to do as far as preparing for tests and what have you, physical and 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 written. Now, what is what is your position with Black Shield? Honestly? Well, right now I'm just an outer guard. I don't, you know, I don't make any decisions. Mm-hmm. My thing is, you know, uh, when we have our meetings, I'm the one that, you know, make sure that, you know, there's no, you know, we don't have non-members come to our meeting. Mm-hmm. So my job is to make sure that everybody in the meeting is a member, a standing member. And, you know, those who are not, we have, they have to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you started it on. Uh, some similar to yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. I'm glad you was we were able to sit here and and talk about this. Can you can you kind of point out um, to us the importance we and we brought we touched on this briefly uh, of making sure that we have black folk who are engaged in law enforcement to be present. Uh, in the in the black community to make sure things go. What is it? What is the importance of that as opposed to not seeing a black face or a black officer? You know, uh, what I find over my career, um, there you know you get a little more trust from the community. They're more apt to engage because you're not being disrespectful or condescending to them. Mm-hmm. Not not to say all black officers are that way. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but the majority, for the most part, we're there, you know, because we grew up in a community. We see the ills of our community. And we're trying to correct some of those ills of our community mm-hmm. within the best of our abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, over my career, I've affected 1,875 arrests. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my career, I've been part of some high profile cases and arrests. Um, you know, when I came on in the early 90s, 1991, uh, we had issues, you know, that the crack cocaine was rampant. The murder rate was, you know, what, what's going on now was not compared to what I came on because we were like 200 and some odd homicides a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fought. We brought that down. And then as of, you know, at the turn of the 2000s, the numbers started dropping and you would believe that that's the way it was, but that wasn't status quo. That's not so. Um, you know, I have I have vivid memories of, of a lot of things that I've done, you know, to affect the community. Uh, and what I got the pleasure out of is when people see me, uh, I remember the officer. He did this, that, and the other. It, that's what gave me. The inspiration It's not what City Hall says or what, you know, comes out of the ivory tower. You know, it's my 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 my. How could I say this? My my thrust or what made me gave me that extra with the community mm-hmm. when people said that's a good officer and you can trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done things that you no know, other officers didn't do or. You know, that respect from the community mm-hmm. was what 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 kept me going in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, I've, I've seen some things that, you know, I had nightmares about. And there's things that I've done uh, to, to rectify that, you know, in terms of my approach. You mm-hmm. know, uh, when I dealt with the guys in the neighborhood or whatever the case might be, 
Oh, I don't care if you didn't have a nickel or a penny to rub together. I always gave you your respect. Mm-hmm. I gave you your respect until you showed me otherwise that what I was doing wasn't what you was trying to hear. Then I dealt with you in the best manner in which you knew how to respect me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, never falsely accused anyone, <coughs> but kept it fair with guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And to the day, I know guys who, I mean, I went to prison because of you, but hey, you helped straighten out my life. Mm-hmm. So uh, that in turn just was what kept me going. Uh, I was a part of a takedown team that took down Anthony so well. I was part of a takedown team that took down a, a, a major gang cell in South, in the South, uh, South, uh, South Harbor area, you know, the uh, Corlett area. You know, I was part of a unit that took down that. Uh, when I worked in the sixth district on St. Clair, my, uh, my, uh, my reputation was impeccable. You know, I, you know, folks trust me. They, they could tell me things and it didn't go to everyone. I dealt with, I took the information and I proceeded as needed be to affect change in the community. Mm-hmm. You think that's the difference between the black officer and the white officer? That kind well, of, that kind of trust. Well, you that know, kind of understanding about your people and who you're dealing with. Well, you know, I'm not saying it's just the black officers. There's black white officers that that do the same, but on a on a larger scale, you know, you would want somebody that look like you to represent mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and that's that's the issue. You know, when it was, you know, there was a time when the department didn't have many blacks, and you know, I wasn't on the job, and nor was I in Cleveland at the time, but. You know, I could hear the stories and, uh, you know, how they they felt the community felt that the disrespect or, Mm -hmm. you know, the community didn't feel that Mm -hmm. the officers had their best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have their best interests at heart. Matter of fact, I have all the humanity's best interests at heart because that's how I was raised. That's my understanding. That's how I grew. That's how I live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, to say, you know, but. In the same token, if there were more black officers that, you know, people feel comfortable in the community that they're not being oppressed. Mm-hmm. When you, what is the, I, I, you know, you told me about different levels. What is the highest level that a person could attain to as far as when he's in the, uh, and what would it take? Say you wanted to be a, a captain or. You want to be okay with that. You know, there's a promotional process. Mm-hmm. You would start off taking the promotional as a sergeant. If you're promoted to sergeant, you do two to three years, and then you're eligible to take the test to become a lieutenant. Okay. Okay. Then you know, x amount of years, then you're able to take the test to become a captain. Mm-hmm. But as you go further up the ranks, you go, the number of promotions dwindle. And then as far as your chief, your deputy chiefs and your commanders, those are all picks by the mayor. Okay. So you don't, you know, you can only get to that position if you're chosen by the mayor to get to that position, you know. know? While you are an officer, can you, one of the things that came up also is, do you participate with the uh, Infinite Scholars Program? I know I went to Infinite Scholars when they were at the Boys and Girls Club. And I did see some Cleveland 
police there. I think a SWAT team was there and some other people was there. But I didn't I don't think I remember seeing anybody from Shield there to recruit that way. You know. Um um I imagine so we we're, we're we're taking a new direction. Mm-hmm. I know in the past that I can't say if they were or weren't because I wasn't there. And, and if, the, you know, mm-hmm. I, then I could tell you who was actually a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're not wearing S.H.I.E.L.D. paraphernalia. Right. When we're at those venues, we're wearing uh, police paraphernalia, our uniforms and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it would be hard for me to say that they weren't. But I know with this current administration that they would love to be at those venues. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we go, you know, so they, they we can be more out seen and we can dwell, you right, know, right. engage with the community. And, you you know, that's another venue where the kids here, because I think what the firefighters, they have a, a, a junior academy in East Cleveland. They have the academies that are ran by police officers that teaching, giving, giving these courses so these kids can make that decision to go into that profession. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the fire department was there, and I, matter, matter of fact, I know the FBI and the Justice Department was there. But it would be it would be a good thing if somebody from Shield, from the Shield organization, could also be there at that, uh, you know, uh, even the scholars. Program. Like like I said, I believe they were. You just didn't recognize. Them. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just didn't recognize. Yeah. You know what we do at the Shield? We have events. We have uh, Anthony Johnson scholarship dinner. That's for a fallen officer, him and Derek Owens and, you know, brother, uh, officers that were killed in the line of duty. We have a scholarship where the scholarship is do- donated to two chosen uh, family members and they're, you know, they part of the scholarship, part of their college tuition is paid. Uh, it's a big to do. Uh, and we, you know, officers receive awards. I just personally received an award at the last dinner dance for reward of courage because I, you know, I was off for close to two years fighting uh, a devastating uh, cancer that I had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me to come back, a lot of people questioned my, why did you come back? I retired, but I couldn't get disability. I still go through treatments and, You know, I still feel that, you know, I can give something to the community. I feel that, you know, uh, in my mindset that I had unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came back, you know, to, you know, reach out to the community. Because once again, like you said, the more officers that they see that are positive, the community dwells to you. I mean, they they support you. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, uh, when I laid there sick, there was a young lady who was, you know, as they take me down for a surgical procedure. And when she came, she got on the elevator, she was, I don't know if she was an LPN or she looked down and see me. She said, no, nah, this is our black Superman. We got to get him well. Mm-hmm. So just that, just that is inspiration. Mm-hmm. Then there was another young lady that worked at the hospital. Her mother was my partner on the job. Mm-hmm. And she called her mother. She said, Ma. Alim's in the hospital. He's not doing well. And my mother came up and she was there just as my family was every day. And she had an uncle who worked with us. He suffered a debilitating stroke. This man came in every day to see me on a cane every day. And and I had tears in my eyes, you know. Hmm. So with that support being, uh, you you don't ever know who you touch, how you touch. So that's, 
that being said, that was another motivating factor. Mm-hmm. And here we are at uh, WEBS. This is Living the Blues, LTB, produced by Thunder Roar. And you're here with uh, Detective Aline. What, uh, what do you think is it, or how do you feel the community should reach out to, or what do you think the community can do to reach out to the officers, black officers in particular? Because I'm here, we, we're talking about S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, but, you know, we reach out to any of them, but I want, I want people to understand that there is an officers organization. It's called Black S.H.I.E.L.D that is there trying to promote genuine re- relationships with, uh, with you know, law-abiding people in the black community. You know what I mean? So what do you think that the people can do themselves to let you all know, you know, how they feel and what to do? Or if, if, if somebody says, well, man, that was interesting, man. You know, I want to go on, but Maybe I need to go up to an office because sometimes you can't just go up to an office and just ask yourself, you know, but maybe they can come over to, to, to shield or if they know a shield officer, is there a shield officer? Is there some place where a shield where is known? The officer is known. He's here for a certain period of time and they can just sit and kind of talk to him with impromptu. Well, with the black shields organization, we have officers, like I said, like you say, it's kind of hard when guys are out there doing their grind. Right. But a lot of times, it's, you know, the department has now gone to a more community-based policing process where they want the officer to engage the public. They want you to engage uh, our side so people can see the positivity in it. Mm-hmm. So that's not just a Black Shield thing. That's more so the police department's direction, and, you know, I, I agree with it, you know. Uh, they want officers to, you know, spend more time and listen to the people. Mm-hmm. Because if you listen, you'll find some common ground. Mm-hmm. So that being said, there's, you know, I mean, uh, they can come to the Black Shield organization, uh they can give a call. Uh, they can go online once again. And, you know, we'll have somebody that should be able to reach out to them. We got guys in the community policing. They're in the schools. They're dealing with kids at a young age. We have an officer by the name of Detective Carl Bowers. He engages in a chess program mm-hmm. citywide with kids as young as, you know, <laughs> eight, nine years old, as old as, you know, mm-hmm. 18, 19 years old. And his focus is, you know, getting them engaged in the chess, mm-hmm. you know, getting them engaged and, you know, learning how to play chess and, you know, and, and giving scholarships for this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, these, these things are in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say any, enough where, you know, when people see me, hey, how you doing, officer? You know, I remember you and, and they have positive things to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's based on how the officer handles himself in the community, the, uh, you know, you can't say that, you know, is there one thing that the, that the community should do? It's more so based on what the officer does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the community will see these things and you'll be surprised at how many guys, say, okay, I want to be an officer. You know, mm-hmm. when I used to train guys, you know, that was an FTO in base patrol. Uh, when we used to train guys, you know, you got on the car, you had, 
six months of and you work with six different uh, sets of guys on a car and what was always told to me and then what I always told guys is you take the best from every you take the best from each officer that taught you take the best of what he had to offer mm-hmm. and you combine it and you make your own style uh, you know I didn't tolerate disrespect in my community and I didn't show that and anybody that worked with me, I told them, you're going to respect them. Come hell high water, you're going to respect them. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do what you want to do on your own, but when you're with me, you're going to give that respect to the people. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that's first and foremost. You give the respect. They ain't got to do nothing to get it. You'll be surprised how it comes back to you. Uh, and that's here we are with Officer Aleem today. Uh, WEBS, and this is Living the Blues LTV, brought to you by Thunder Roar. Thank you.